Hello, hello. Hello, everyone. And welcome to the New York Mystery Machine. Camera Hall, but for ghosts. That was very, very calm you know, and collect. I, um, everyone appreciated that. Well, don't get too used to it. It's just first time back from COVID. I was about to say, where were you last week, Christina? I was <laughs> sick with COVID, everybody. It we, was a real fun time. So this is, this is what happened, everyone. We were planning on recording last week, right? We, we were behind, so we knew we had to record last week and this week and this week um and so christina calls or texts and she's like i got the covid i'm mm-hmm. like okay well let's just try a zoom situation yeah and then she was like i can't do we're supposed to do the next day i'm like right we'll do the next day and she was like, i can't do the next day i'm like really sick I'm like cool let's do the, we'll do the day after yeah. that and then what christina doesn't know is christina's husband texts me what <laughs> and says yeah she's not doing that she like barely can keep her head up and I'm like, great. I'm like, I'm glad you texted me because she won't say this to me. And he's like, no, she won't. Like, I'm like, she's not gonna be able to do it. I'm like, great. We just we won't do a show this week. And so I text Christina, like, we're not gonna record tomorrow. And that's a story what happened last week. I didn't tell Christina this until I didn't know this. literally and texted you. Sneak. And it's like she can't do this. I'm like, great. I'm like, you're there, so I assume you know what what the status. I mean, of she he is. wasn't wrong. No, when you texted me was like, you know what? Let's just like take off this because like, oh, thank God, I don't know how I'm going to sit up and like, write the rest of this episode. Um, and so yeah, so it's like great. So then then so you were always <laughs> so and then we, you had you know, I'm not sure if you looked at the social meds, but people did slide into our DMs wishing you wishing you the best. I saw at least one of them. I'll have to go check the other. Uh, but that's really sweet thank you all i really appreciate that she's fine um i'm fine <laughs> um it lucky me was round round two in like eight months oh yeah, it's your second this is my second, second go around the um and it was uh better than last time just more exhausting than last time oh man well welcome back to the show christina we're so, thank we're you so happy appreciate you're back. it and uh you know we're we're gonna be we have all new episodes from now until the end of the season we were gonna take memorial day week off but because but christina's here threw a curveball. so now we're gonna be on for memorial day so spend your memorial listening day eating barbecued food while listening to your your two favorite zany human beings talking about what better way to do it spook what, things. what better way to celebrate our veterans our veterans our, uh, maybe i'll find dead. like a Maybe I, maybe we can find some sort of. I think it's my week that week, so maybe it I'll is. find something Memorial Dayish. Okay. Last year we did. Um, I think last year we did a presidential thing. Oh, I think that was that was. Um, um, that was McKinley. Bill McKinley, because I remember being go. like, "It's Memorial Day. Here's someone who didn't die as a veteran, but <laughs> did serve the country." Here we go. And then he died. And then he died. Uh, so if you're interested in that, that's season one. That's the assassination of Bill McKinley, the only presidential assassination that happened in New York. Look at that. So check it out. We're gearing up for season two, y'all. Um, some, But we still have a lot of cool stuff happening. And for, for I mean, we're gearing up for season three, y'all. Oh, that's yeah, I didn't even catch that. Whoop. And we still have some stuff happening for season two. We're, we're going, we have shows every week from, from now until the end of the season. And included in that week, in a few weeks, your 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 other favorite duo is coming back to the show. We have Sean and Carrie coming on back to the show. We're Woo! doing another collab. We'll be on their show the week before, and then they'll be on our show the week after. So be sure to check out both. And it's a doozy. It's gonna be a doozy. We have some road trip episodes planned. We got some that. good feedback from last year when we spoke about the Jersey Devil. So we're taking an excursion out of New York a little bit, uh, just to kind of 
spice things up a bit. I'm, I'm smiling like this because I'm remembering your Jersey Devil operetta. <laughs> the Jersey Devil operetta. God, that was funny. I've written a lot of weird songs this show. Yeah, I should. I, I really should go back. And, I gotta go back. I gotta yeah. go back and like and pull them out. I think you should because I forget there was there was the 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 cannibal one. Yep. There was a Jersey Devil mm-hmm. one. The Jersey Devil one I felt was a really good one. That was great. And that so had, was the cannibal multiple, one. Yes, different. That was a drinking different. song. Yes. Um, Jersey Devil was a full on operetta. I feel like I had like another one in, in, in the I'm realm. sure there was. Um, That'll be a fun a fun thing for season three, just compiling all of yeah 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 my weird songs. Little, little uh, EP of, uh, <laughs> <laughs> New York Mystery Machine EP. I'm not sure if you guys saw. Um, you know, as per what I promised, uh, my episode two weeks ago, I put together a fun little playlist of all songs about, uh, inspired by, written at the Chelsea Hotel, the legendary hotel Chelsea. We spoke about how haunted it was a couple weeks back. There's a playlist on Spotify. Um, uh, you can you can find it on Spotify, I believe. If you type, um, if you just type in Hotel Chelsea playlist, that may bring it up. Or if you find me on Spotify, Adam Mace, um, it's part of one of my playlists. There I make a lot of zany playlists, but this <laughs> is a good one. It's fifteen songs about an hour of music, um, stuff from from Leonard Cohen to Bob Dylan to to uh Nico and hmm. the Ramones Ooh. um so many things so be sure there was it was a bummer cuz there was some songs that um like Joni Mitchell doesn't have any of her stuff on Spotify anymore so I couldn't mm. put Joni Mitchell on it but Joni Mitchell has a song I put a cover of her song Chelsea Morning on uh, okay. on that list so okay. uh check it out it's a fun little playlist um, we're going to try to do more of those uh, thematic playlists as we head on into season three. But lots of fun stuff happening on the show. And without further ado, I only have one thing to ask you, Christina. We're, gosh, are we? We are in New York City. New York City, Papa. Yeah. The boroughs. <laughs> boroughs. No, we're in, in New York City, Papa. Um, I was trying to do my best. Uh, Matt Berry in uh, New York City, brother. New York City, father. <laughs> did you know they took the IT crowd off Netflix? Did they? I just found out the other day because I went to go show my roommate the IT crowd, and I was like, "the the hell, <laughs> the actual hell." I didn't know that. This is something I usually cut from the show, but I, it's an injustice, and you know me, injustice. <laughs> yeah, gotta gotta leave it in. I gotta, have to talk about gotta it. Talk about if you've never seen the IT crowd, it is some British comedy that gold. Is, it is. It is. Anywho, um, back to this podcast. <laughs> uh, so we're in New York City proper, and we're continuing the Disappeared People's Tour 2023. Disappeared People's Tour. And, you know, it's so weird. I love that phrase, the mm. Disappeared People's Tour. I wonder if there's a way that I can take that phrase and put it on my body somehow. Mm, mm, and That's interesting. Like a tattoo? Mm, that seems too permanent. Okay. I want to be able to like take it off as I need. Mm, almost like a, like a garment. Almost like a garment. Mm. Maybe perhaps even like a gosh a T-shirt. Ooh, I would I would absolutely get that T-shirt. I wonder if you head on over mm. to a website called belowthecollar.com/slash/nymysterymachine, mm-hmm. if you by chance yeah. will stumble upon a T-shirt that says "The Veiled Murderess" with a logo of a veiled mm. murderess and the disappeared people tour 2023. What an oddly specific premonition, Adam. I know. Anywho, go to our go to our get our t-shirts. We have two new t-shirts out. I know. I'm plugging a lot before the episode, but we weren't here last week. It's true. Um so belowthecollar.com, two new t-shirts are out. We have our super queer alien. He's so queer and we love queer. him. We love oh, him very much. God, what a queer alien he is. He needs a name. Go on. He's a queer alien. <laughs> sure, fair. Yes. Quarian. Quarian. <laughs> and then we have our veiled murderess, the disappeared people's tour. Um 
go buy those t-shirts. We, we 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 sold some more shirts last week. So as y'all buy our t-shirts, whatever you whatever design you do, um, be sure to send us photos of you in them, and we'll post them on our socials, and we'll say how much shirts we love you. Shirts in the wild, so, mystery machiners in the wild. <laughs> Is that what we call our guests? I think the machiners. All right, listeners. Mechanics. Ooh. Mystery, mach- mystery mechanics. Mystery mechanics. Mystery machine mechanics. No, no. Let's talk about the episode, guys. All right. Well, anyway, there's some disappeared people today, folks. Um, and this is the cold case disappearance of Camden Sylvia and her partner Michael Sullivan. Two people. Two people. It's a double. It's a double missing. That's a new one for us. I, I know. Feel. We're we're gonna hit our our new cycle. Go for we the new complete. cycle. We hit the murder cycle. We did the homicide cycle. Yeah. Now we're going for the disappeared people exactly. cycle. We've done one persons. Here we have. Yeah, which is rookies. Yeah, that's season that's... one and two shit. All right. So <laughs> ending season, season three. ending season two with a with a twofer. Hitting season three with a triple, triple whammy. Yeah. Well, get ready for this episode then. Uh, so it's a 26-year-old case. And according to Lori Sylvia, Camden's mother, it continues to haunt her. She says in an article on the 10-year anniversary of the couple's disappearance, quote, I want to know what happened. Each year that goes by, I think, maybe this year. I never imagined I'd be doing that for 10 years. And again, this case is now 26 old. This is an Jeez. old quote. Camden Sylvia grew up in Hyannisport. I think that's how you say it. Uh, Massachusetts is an area not far from Cape Cod, apparently. My favorite part about the show is how many times we try our best to, to pronounce things. Yeah, and I'm probably doing real bad. Sorry, folks. Um, Camden graduated high school in 1979 and moved to New York City. She worked at a real estate office while her partner, Michael Sullivan, um, was an actor and an employee at an art gallery. Now, Camden and Michael were committed to each other and eventually moved in together. And they moved into uh, Michael's big old loft at 76 Pearl Street in Manhattan, which was at the time rent stabilized. And it was rent stabilized for. Do you want to guess how much it was? Guess how much it was rent stabilized? I don't even know. Just it's a big loft. It's like a big loft. I don't know. Just tell me. Three hundred dollars. See, I wouldn't even say three hundred. I would said like five hundred dollars. Yeah. Yeah, I know. That's why I wanted you to guess. All right. Three hundred dollars. I'll try it again. I'll guess. I'll, no, let's no, just. No, 300. <laughs> <laughs> 300 a month, which is pretty incredible. And here's an intro to a New Yorker article around the time of the disappearance that I just think is terrific. Quote In New York, real estate is a lot like sex, a subject of endless fascination and a source of intense fantasies. In a way, it's a little bit too much like sex. There doesn't seem to be enough for everyone, and everyone else seems to have more of it than you do. But the unseemly envy that overcomes New Yorkers when they hear about someone's cheap, rent-stabilized apartment masks a more profound feeling. It's fear. Specifically, fear of the master of our universe, landlords. Our fear and loathing of them seems to have fueled people's obsessive interest in a story that's been unfolding in the city over the last few weeks. On November 7th, two tenants of a loft on Pearl Street at the lower tip of Manhattan disappeared. Michael Sullivan, one of the tenants, had lived in the loft for 20 years. His girlfriend, Camden Sylvia, moved in with him about five years ago. Sullivan, 54, is a dancer and choreographer and a clerk at the New Museum. Sylvia, 36, is a real estate agent and artist. In the current get-rich-or-get-out climate of the city, this kind of marginal lifestyle is a throwback to New York's mythological bohemian past. The piece of rare good luck that made such a life possible was a prominent feature of the news of the news stories about the missing couple. Their rent was $300 a month. Goggle-eyed reporters pointed out that the apartment, 1,400 square feet, a block from the East River, was now worth possibly 10 times as much. Just love. I love that opening. That's insane. Yeah. 
God, I want to spend $300 on rent. Same. That's literally the dream. When people ask yeah, what's the dream, that is $300 it. That's rent. the one. That's it. That's the one. What year is this? Uh, we are in 1987. So other articles of the time describe the couple's routine. They would go out for a jog, often along the Hudson River, promenade in Battery Park. Then they'd head home. Um, their apartment was filled with watercolors that they had painted. Um, apparently he painted objects like guitars and the moon, and she painted like more abstract shapes. And then they would often settle down for the evening to watch um, a movie they rented. Remember remember movie rentals? Um, <laughs> Yeah, they talk. They, the, the articles talk about like going to like J and R as well. I'm like, oh wow, J and R. Remember that? Um, and when they traveled, Camden and Michael would be sure to still keep in touch with friends and relatives. Like they were very good about that. Um, not this time. Not this time. Um, and it, you know, this is 1997, so we're, we're not talking texts. We're talking like postcards and letters and things. Um, so despite this somewhat low key, relaxed routine, at times the couple could be very whimsical. They could take vacations spontaneously. Michael apparently once decided to walk across the U.S. and made it to Texas and then joined a carnival, which I think is quite crazy. Wait, I'm sorry. He. You what a, right. What a weird. He he was like, hey, I'm going to walk across the country. Yep. Uh, yeah. He walked across the United States, made it to Texas and then said, eh, close enough. Yeah. And joined a carnival. Well, now that I'm in Texas, what should I do? Carnival. I, I guess I'll just fucking join a carnival. Also, if you walked all the way to Texas, I don't know. Wouldn't you just want to complete? I know it's a, still a big stretch, but like, wouldn't you just want to make it to the Pacific? What if your goal was to make it to Texas? Though? Well, that would be different. But his goal was to walk across the United States. He did walk across. He didn't complete it. A portion of it. Yeah. But yeah. From I'd New walk- York? I guess so. Yeah. What a bad decision. <laughs> I don't even know how one does that. I mean, As I pull up my phone. What is the quickest route to walk? So he walked. Where is he from originally? Oh, don't He's in New York City me. proper, right? He was living in New York City. And I think that at the time he was living in New York City. So we're going to say, let's say Times Square. Hmm. To what part of Texas? Didn't say. Let's say. Give him the benefit of the doubt. Dallas? Sure. If he walked from here, Times Square, to Dallas, Texas, it would take him 22 days. That's actually not as much as I thought. 21 days, 17 hours, and he has to take a ferry. Okay. At one point. So he didn't walk the whole way. Because <laughs> he has to cross a fucking like river. Maybe he swam. He has to cross the Ohio River, I think? Well, the Mississippi. No, I don't think he gets the Mississippi. Oh, he does have to cross the Mississippi when he gets to... That's where he is, yeah. He crosses the Mississippi when he gets to... Um, Tennessee mm. crossing by yeah by Memphis still 22 days isn't as bad as I thought this is not what this episode's about but I'm like very captivated <laughs> by it. I, I mean fair so I read that and I was like I need to include this just because it is so tell novel. me everything about your journey oh you can you're missing <laughs> oh, person oh <laughs> Um, that said, even though like Michael and Camden could be spontaneous and like this, um, they still were good about keeping in touch. So that's why the alarm bells went off, um, in November, 1997, in the heads of friends and family. On November 7th, 1997, the couple rented a comedy, uh, addicted to love from a video store near city hall. They went jogging at some point that evening. They were seen near Pearl street and Hanover square, but that was the last time anyone saw them. Um, later accounts would suggest that they didn't disappear while jogging, though, because Camden's shiny black coat was missing. And uh, an investigator noted that it's not really the kind of thing you go jogging in. Mm. Um, 
So no one heard from the couple over the weekend. On Tuesday, one of Camden's colleagues at the real estate agency became alarmed. Camden hadn't called, hadn't checked her messages at work. Um, and so this colleague began to call neighbors and friends and relatives to just make sure everything was okay. She got a hold of Lori Sylvia, Camden's mom, who was a disability advocate and happened to be on a business trip at the time. How old are they both at this time? Uh, 36 and 50. Jesus. Uh, where are their ages? Age gap. Yeah. Yeah, there was it was a uh, May December, yeah, thirty six and fifty four. Wowzers. Mm-hmm. Um. So, uh, Lori Sylvia happened to be on a business trip at the time, and she made a detour uh, to Manhattan on that Thursday to check in. Now, Lori didn't have a key, but a neighbor seems to have been able to meet her and let her in. The apartment seemed pretty much normal. The only things clearly missing were a set of keys, the couple's running shoes. And a work bag that Camden would use. Okay. Everything else, money, passports, eyeglasses, the rented addicted to love VHS, wallets, you name it, all of that seemed to be in place. Couple thank, other Thank God. Yeah. I hope someone returned it. You know, no one ever follows up on that. No one wants that. No one wants that, like with like late fee. I used to okay, so I was once sick and my just mother, one time. Just one time. My mother rented me the Lone Gunman series, the spin-off series to the X-Files with just the Lone Gunman. And I watched it, it so much and for so long and just never returned to that. By the time we went back to Flagship when it was still on Queens Boulevard, they said, yeah. You bought it. Just just own it. Just, just. Yeah, that's what, that's a thing. I think that's a thing with most things you rent, like books or things. Like you can't charge someone mm. more than the like there's no interest on something. You just right once they've gotten to a, like a price, I think they purchase it. Like you purchased it. I guess it's funny because I had done that kind of thing before, and they had never been like, "Yeah, you, this is." We forgot. They basically like also said they forgot that they had it. That's fair. Um, anyway, um, there were a couple other stray odd things that weren't reported in the Times coverage until a year after the fact. So someone apparently had changed the outgoing greetings on the couple's answering machine. Yeah. That's suspicious. <laughs> Isn't that weird? According to Sarah Who? Del- well, that's, well, here. According to Sarah Delaney, the neighbor, quote, it used to have the voices of the two of them sounding very lovey-dovey. And then the article continues, but she said on Monday, November 10th, when she entered the apartment to check on the couple, she found the message had been changed back to an old greeting with just Mr. Sullivan's voice. Mr. And that, Sullivan's voice. And that all the messages on the machine's tape were recorded on or after Saturday, November 7th. So well, I've, that's, I've got thoughts I, on that. I have thoughts on that. Do you want to save thoughts or share thoughts now? No, I guess we'll, 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 we'll hold them. But this is becoming less of a two people are missing situation and more of a one person is missing, one person is a murder. <laughs> Continue. So, Lori... Someone changed the message. Not someone, someone. Some, some, we, we know that. Um, so, Lori goes to the police. She files a missing persons report. But it took the police another week to officially open a proper investigation. Because sure. apparently, like, it's policy not to open a full-fledged one unless there has been um, foul play or the people are said to be, you know, missing are, are younger than 18, older than 65, yada, yada, yada. Um, so it seems that the police were somewhat pressured into action in part because family and friends took matters into their own hands. They began making flyers and laminated photos and they called radio stations and talked to newspapers. And so finally the police decided to send someone to the couple's loft. They had a dog go to the loft to get the couple sent and they listened to the couple's answering machine. Within a short period of time, um, there was a report that there had been a dispute between landlord and tenants. Okay. 
They're like, um, about the $300 that you're, <laughs> you're giving us, is there a way to make it not $300 anymore? <laughs> because it's 1997. Yeah. It should at least be $1,000, if not more. Where in Manhattan is this? Pearl Street. It's down, down by the water near City Hall. And Oh, yeah. I mean, we're looking at like... They said at the time it probably could have been making, a, they could have been charging 3000 So I don't even know what it would go for today. Oh my God, like a $10,000 permit. It's like, yeah. <laughs> I mean, yeah, especially now, like Pearl Street by the water today. Yeah. I can't even imagine. I can't even imagine. Um, so November 1997 was a particularly cold one. And it seems that the tenants were overall pretty unhappy because the landlord, a certain Robert Rodriguez, barely turned on the heat. So according to a report by the Village Voice, Camden had delivered a note co-signed by some of the other tenants to Rodriguez that very day, November 7th, saying that the tenants would withhold rent so long as Rodriguez withheld heat, essentially a rent strike. Which, like, good on them. Yeah. You need heat. We need heat. Like, you um, have to give us heat or we're not going to pay to live here. <laughs> right. So according to a... a, a transcribed copy of an article published in Real Estate Weekly in 1997, which is all I could find. Um, the Rodriguez's income was made from his lock, uh, locksmith shop on the ground floor and clearly not through the rents paid by tenants, right? Um, and he was interested in somehow, like you were implying, Adam, navigating the laws that would allow him to convert the apartments into market rate apartments. Um, within a couple of days, the police investigating, you know, Robert Rodriguez... You know, he gave them the keys to the Pearl Street apartments, all that sort of thing. And then he went missing. Rodriguez um, had a home in Orange County. Wait, the other guy? The landlord. The landlord was missing? Mm -hmm. So now it's three missing. This is a triple whammy. <laughs> you lied. <laughs> we went straight from one to three. <laughs> no stopping. No Express stopping train. Express train. <laughs> Express train to Trioville. <laughs> Um, so Rodriguez had a home in Orange County and according to Deputy Inspector Joseph A. D'Amico, the investigators spoke with Rodriguez on Saturday evening at that location. The investigators asked for access to the basement and elsewhere within the 76 Pearl Street address. Rodriguez arranged for someone else to hand over the keys and he was described as being cooperative. So far, so good. But then apparently... Rodriguez informed his family he was going to have an interview with the police in Manhattan, which investigators said was scheduled for Sunday afternoon. In reference to what? Like what, what? The whole situation that his tenants were missing. Got it, got it, got it. And so a full 12 hours... He, he, so he, he, was, he, was, he was, in fact, scheduled for this interview, but it was 12 hours after he drove away from his house in Orange County. You mm. don't need 12 hours to drive down to the city. Um... And when asked again, relatives had no idea where he was. Again, by Rodriguez's account, they were expecting that he was off to see the police directly at that moment. Fascinating. So the police began a full search for him now, too. Um, the family ended up preventing the cops from conducting a land search of the Orange County property. And so while awaiting a search warrant, the officers sort of ended up searching the seven acres from above via helicopter. Now, the property included a curving driveway up to a two-story house, a second house used as an office, a three-car garage, an in-ground pool with a pool house, and large oak trees all around. And they were hoping that they'd see something that would indicate that they had probable cause for a search. So they could just, like, storm in and be like, we saw from above that there was some heap of upturned earth, you know, someone's been buried. 
Um, someone's been buried. <laughs> but to every- I say, someone's been buried. <laughs> someone's here. been buried. Uh, to everyone's chagrin, though, the aerial search revealed nothing, and in the end, the Manhattan DA turned down the warrant request, citing a lack of probable cause. Now, Rodriguez wasn't a suspect at that time, but they were like really, really interested in what's going on with him. The more police dug, the more they found that Rodriguez was having financial difficulties. He owed more than 30000 in back taxes. Per the New York Times, on November 21st, 1997, quote, Mr. Rodriguez appears to have financed the purchase of the five-story building at 76 Pearl Street for just $205,000 in 1993, according to city records, at least in part with the insurance payment on a mysterious fire that had destroyed his upstate home and that state investigators have labeled arson. The case was never solved. And quoting the, the at the time of the fire, volunteer fire department chief, um, the article says, when we got there, it was 537. The house was burned clear to the basement. The only thing still burning was the charcoal in the basement. Um, so he that's how, you know, a lot of interesting things happening in this world. A few days later, the vehicle Rodriguez was last seen driving in was uh, found in a parking lot on West 22nd Street, not far from where his mother had an apartment, although she was staying with her daughter on Long Island at the time. But the family, again, stopped the police from searching the vehicle. Um, And the the New York Times noted how the police felt it was really odd that the family wouldn't allow a search of the vehicle or the Orange County property when their own family member is missing and they profess ignorance as to where he might be. Like, it's kind of a weird move. Yeah, the whole thing's strange. The whole thing is real weird. Oh, reeks, I tells you. But that wasn't the only interesting invest. Uh, uh, that wasn't the only interesting revelation. Apparently, a former employee of Rodriguez disappeared in 1991. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. <laughs> I'm sorry. This is a, this is a quadruple whammy. There's four <laughs> missing people. This is four missing people. This went from two people to three people <laughs> mm-hmm. to four people in the course of six years. What the what? Yeah. Is it the landlord? Now I don't know. I th- I don't know. <laughs> you thought you had this all nice I and solved. I literally was like, oh, husband killed the wife. He went missing because that's the way he like, you know, yeah. survives right. this. And she dead someplace. But everything is so weird everything now. Everything is so And then I was like, oh, maybe, the, maybe, maybe, yeah, I don't know. All right, continue story. My brain's done. Well, you know, I think that's a perfect time to take, take a break. That revelation <laughs> right there. I like sit here. And during during the commercials and just ponder life and, <laughs> and what just happened. Yeah. Because I don't know what's happening. Fair. I don't know. I'm angry about it. Okay. We'll be right back. The New York Mystery Machine is brought to you in part by listeners like you. That's right. Head on over to our Patreon, and for as little as $3 a month, you can help keep the pod growing. By joining, you can access a whole bunch of cool stuff, such as mini-episodes, swag, exclusive playlists, and more. Head to www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine to find out more and become a patron. That's www.patreon.com slash nymysterymachine and join our ever-growing community today. Okay, we, we're back. 
Are you feeling angry still? Yeah, I just don't know what happened. I don't know what happened. Why are there so many people missing? Why are there so many people? So just before the break, um, not it's only- also important to note that every time we do these stories, I'm like, how do we not know all the people who are who go missing? It's yeah. There's so many people missing. Every time we do these stories, you guys, I'm like, how did we not know this story? This seems like a prominent story that I should hear about on my local news. Yeah. Yeah. And yet, no. It's kind of a terrifying statistic how many how many people go missing. And do you know how how many? A lot. We know that because we look at them. <laughs> we research them all the time. Yeah. My Google search is real We literally real will horrible. never. You guys, we will never. We will have. This podcast will go on for forever. With the amount of missing people that there yeah, are. Yeah, we could yeah, we could yeah, we could just be a missing person. Murders and missing people pop. Yeah. We go Somewhere forever. in the world there's someone doing a podcast called Murders and Missing People. Yeah. M M&M, M. And they get M M's as a sponsor Ooh. and then they eat M M's on the air. And it's a Wait. weird like thing that they do. Adam, what if we rebrand? I want M M's as a sponsor. We could just eat M M&M. M M's not gonna sponsor us. I don't know. Yes, you do know. You think the M and M's Corporation, the Mars Corporation? You just said someone in the world has this, and well, I want to be those people. They're famous, or they're. We can't get like better help to sponsor us. <laughs> and they sponsor everybody. <laughs> um. So before the break, oh God, our, our hunt a killer though. If you want to hunt that killer. <laughs> Your first box is like 10% off or something. I don't know. know. Uh, We had two tenants go missing. Then their landlord up and disappeared. And then it was found that one of the landlord's former employees had disappeared some years earlier in 1991. And that person was David King. David King um, likely went missing sometime in February of 1991. But the missing persons report filed by King's relative wasn't completed until July 17th, 1991. Rodriguez's lawyer suggested King had left New York to, quote, escape his troubles, unquote. Um, he went on to say he had worked there less than a year, and one day he just didn't show up for work. He had a wife and three kids, and everyone's impression was that he just took off, which kind of, a, I don't know, that's not that's not the statement I would have made. Like, he had a wife um, and three kids, so, you know, he just... <laughs> I was going to say. He had nothing just, going for him. Just the way you said, like, he had a wife and three kids, so he just took off. Yeah. He was like, well... I've had enough of that. I've done my duty here. It's time to leave. Well, it's such a weird, like, like, yeah, it's just such a weird it's statement. 1991, the world is my oyster. <laughs> um, so the Times couldn't reach King's family I'm for comment. I'm going to grab my Nintendo <laughs> entertainment system. My Atari. No, I think we're past Atari. We're past Atari. We're like Nintendo NES. Mm. Or even, maybe, we may even be at Super Nintendo Land. Mm. But he's like, I'm going to grab this. Mm-hmm. Some other 1991 references, put on my cranberry CD and hit the open <laughs> road. <laughs> so the Times couldn't reach King's family for comment, um, but they did speak with other employees who worked in the shop at the time. And according to them, there had been a business dispute ongoing between King and Rodriguez. Um, quote, according to investigators, Mr. King apparently thought he might be made a partner in Mr. Rodriguez's business. Unquote. And then he grew angry when those expectations were dashed. Um, an investigator said that there had definitely been a conflict, but how it ended wasn't clear. And according to another article, the pair were discussing the possibility of expanding into installing and servicing fire alarm systems in office buildings. Now, it was also suggested that King and Rodriguez were embroiled in a legal dispute in which King was accused of stealing trade secrets and client lists from a rival company he may have once worked for. On November 26th, Rodriguez's lawyer 
now we're jumping back now that's that's yeah. about okay so we're we're done with this guy we're, we're, we're done we're done with the 1991 disappearance circumstances he's disappeared he was never found he's part of the disappeared people's tour of 1991 correct and so now we're back in 1997 and november 26th right it's three been, people are missing from this from this this year yes three people are missing within the last three weeks basically um and rodriguez's lawyer on november 26 confirms that he had heard from rodriguez so we're back down to two, to three missing people Right, because Rodriguez has been found. The landlord. Rodriguez has found. Suspicious. Um, but he would not. He said that through his lawyer, he would not be speaking to police at that time. "Quote, quote." Mr. Rodriguez's lawyers contact the uh, Manhattan District Attorney's office on Monday night to say that their client was alive and well, but that he would come in for questioning only if the authorities got an arrest warrant signed by a judge. Law enforcement officials said yesterday. The police are in an extraordinary predicament, the Times article went on. They have a number of hints that something is wrong, but without an actual evidence of foul play, such as bodies or a witness to an abduction, technically speaking, we don't have a crime, said Deputy Inspector Michael Collins, the department spokesman. On November 30th, it was reported that the police removed some blood-stained-looking material from another apartment in the building. Now, apparently, the material was uh, a hallway rug in a common area and a door sill of some kind. I don't know what that is. Um, from an apartment. Um, I know. What the hell is a door sill? If a, a window sill is... Right. So what is a door sill? Is it... I don't know. Right? Because I'll look it up. Look up what a door sill is. So apparently they didn't need a search warrant in this case because the tenant was being cooperative and then the hallway rug was its like common area. A horizontal member of wood stone forming at the bottom of the door frame. So... It looks like... Like a threshold? The bottom. I would have said that's like... Yeah, that that's a good name for it. A threshold, but okay. It also could be called the threshold, I think. Okay. Why didn't you just say the threshold, New York Times? No one calls it a door sill. That's the sill, the piece of wood that is a bottom piece of the, the door. I reject it. Also known as the threshold, apparently. Yeah. Get, get it together, Times. Don't call it a door sill. So... It's worth noting it's worth <laughs> noting that in prior articles, police had apparently done a stakeout um, of the building and took photos of a tenant who had been friendly with Rodriguez, but they wouldn't say why they wanted those photos. And the article discussing the maybe, maybe not bloodstained stuff didn't specify the name of the person. So it's not clear to me whether this is the same person that they've been photographing who, you know, was cooperative and let them take their dorsal or not. Um, but for the record... It's also been weeks at this point. I understand how the police missed a rug in a common area all that time, right? Or or a door sill. Like if there's blood at that point, I weeks later. I literally don't understand when people miss when police miss blood in general. Yeah, it's like do you know what you're looking for? Probably blood. Probably blood. And also, it's kind of wild that they were like they they did visit the apartment. They were in the building. If it if it's weeks later now, they're like, huh. That stain looks like blood. That could be anything. That's not necessarily from November 7th. Yeah, I've literally said this many times on the show, but the amount of times that I cut myself in my apartment, if I yeah. went missing, someone's going to think that I was murdered. 100%. Because literally, I between like shaving wounds, I cut myself shaving all the time. Yep. And there is no doubt that I have... There's blood in my apartment. I have taken off actual chunks of skin trying to save my, uh, shave my legs. Like so chunks, chunks that I've removed so, from the. Okay, glad it's not just me. Yeah. Removed from the razor. Like, oh, that is. We're so sorry. That is skin. That is meat. That is flesh. Oh God, <laughs> that's too much. That was sorry, too folks. much. That was too much. <laughs> Two <laughs> weeks ago, I got you with the hand. Today, oh. you get me with the flesh. The flesh. The meat. 
the meat. Don't call it the meat. <laughs> um. So, meanwhile, a few things have been happening in the interim of this investigation. A headless body of a woman washed up in a lake. Shut the fuck up. Um, and there was some preliminary excitement that maybe this was Camden, but it was soon proven via birthmarks and tattoos that it wasn't her. Rudolph Giuliani, then mayor of New York, offered a $10,000 reward for information that led to the discovery of the circumstances around the missing couple's disappearance. Whatever happened to that guy. <laughs> I can only hear my grandmother every time Giuliani ever came up, and this was like in the two thousand, early two thousands, late nineties. She was saying that fascist. Um, boy, if only she knew. I mean, yeah, I mean, really a fascist. Yeah. Um, in December, in December, Rodriguez was back in the city. Um, the New York Times again. Police officers in blue and white van parked across from 76 Pearl Street, part of a round-the-clock surveillance of the building following the disappearance of Michael Sullivan Camden and Sylvia a month ago, watched as the landlord, Robert Rodriguez, picked up a duffel, uh, picked up a building duffel bag at his ground-floor locksmith shop, ate lunch at a tavern next door, and drove away with two other men. To this, Rodriguez's lawyer pointed out, there's, there's no reason why he shouldn't be in town. He's a free citizen, which, fair. Picking yeah. up a duffel from, you know, that's... That's just you picking up a bag you left at work. Um, Sarah Delaney, uh, one of the neighbors of Camden and, and Michael, tried to pay Rodriguez the couple's missing rent uh, for November. She wanted the apartment held for them in the hopes that they would be returning. And she made sure that it was a money order in their name. Rodriguez, however, refused the money, apparently because Sarah Delaney and Laura, uh, Lori Sylvia, who had also tried to pay the rent, were not on the lease. But Rodriguez assured the press he was not looking to dispossess the missing couple or rent their apartment. Um... And this this comes out around the time that another foot is found. Turns out not to be Camden's. And so they haven't found any. No, they just keep finding body parts that are not belonging. And they're like, not, this is it. This is nope. Joke. Not jokes. belonging. Sorry, not not her. Um, what year is this? Still 90, uh, 97. Just finding parts in ninety seven. Apparently, um, there's also some incredible articles about a bunch of people that when that foot was found. Um, and the, the speculation was, oh, maybe it's Camden's. Um, a bunch of people immediately showed up at the 76 Pearl Street apartment like, so you renting this? Can, is that, can I take that? Can I take that? Oh, apartment? my God. <laughs> They're like, I know that people are missing. I know people are looking for parts. But I know also, the landlord's like really suspicious. Right but now. I also heard it's $300 a month. <laughs> and I will take whatever. Yeah, pretty much. That's pretty much exactly what's happening. It's like, people are like, would you live in a haunted house or like for from like yeah, I don't understand what the question was. <laughs> like uh, we live in New York, kids. There is very much I would deal with for less rent. Yeah, haunted versus like definitely murdered person. house. I definitely like live in a murder house for if it was cheap. I, I think there would need to be some. I'm gonna put a poll this week on our Instagram. I'd be interested. And our, our Twitter to see for signs. For signs, would you live in a murder house? What are you more likely to live in for murder cheap house. rent? Murder house or haunted house? Yeah, I'd need to know that answer. I would need Probably murder. I feel like murder If it's guaranteed haunted, that doesn't a murder house isn't guaranteed a haunting. A haunted house, you're guaranteeing this it's haunted. Right. Right. Again, I'm fine with either. I will live in either. <laughs> if someone's Adam like three if it's three hundred dollars rent, I'm like, yes, I'm living <laughs> in the murder and haunted house. <laughs> Um, do we need more ghosts I'll find some more ghosts if we have to is that going to lower my rent I was going to say this seems like a negotiating (laughs) point Um, and unfortunately I have to say that is the the 
bulk of the information we have about the actual disappearances. The investigation continues, um, but there's little definitive progress. Um, so the city did eventually identify a body that had washed up on the shores of Manhattan in 1991. That wasn't the people who were missing. Well, it was potentially David King. Right, that person from ninety one. So in ninety one, so they so in ninety six, they are looking back at the David King disappearance now, being like something weird happened. Yeah, um, landlord shady now. Yeah, and they go back through like records of of bodies found at the time that were unclaimed, unidentified, and they found one that, based off the photos of the body's facial features, they felt could be a match to David King that had washed up in nineteen ninety one, um, and they requested, you know, a formal exhumation. Um. The cause of death in 1991 had been determined to be a drowning, but now the investigators wanted a closer look, of course. But unfortunately, um, a 1998 article in The Village Voice said that the family of David King declined to provide DNA as a comparison to the corpse, which also just feels so weird. Um, again, wouldn't you want to know if... Yeah, that's... it's always... I mean, we always talk about this. It's better to know than to not know. Um in 1999, Rodriguez was charged for tax fraud, grand larceny, criminal impersonation, forgery, and theft of services. Um, and in the course of gathering the evidence, um, the police were finally granted the ability to search his residences. Um, cadaver dogs found nothing at the Pearl Street building or elsewhere for that matter. And if this was all an attempt to put pressure on Rodriguez to talk about Camden and Michael, it failed. Um, Rodriguez was sentenced to time in prison. He was released in 04. Uh, he continues to deny any knowledge or involvement in the case. And despite the occasional tip or suggestion to dredge the Hudson, nothing more related to the case has been found. Um, as of 2022, there were no new significant leads, just pleas from the district attorney and Lori Sylvia to reach out to the Manhattan district attorney's office um, and specifically senior investigator, Robert Delaney, that, you know, if you know something, anything at all um, that might be related. And that number is 212-335-8957. Case anyone listening? Yeah. Um, but People that is missing. that is the story. My and word. do you have? I've got I've got some thoughts. I feel like the landlord is sketch. Yes, agree. Rodriguez is just sketch. Yeah. At first, I went into this thinking the the the, the answering machine is confusing mm -hmm. I get stuck on that if it's an answering machine you have to re-record your you have to re-record it I was thinking it's, about that you don't what do you mean you don't well is it like the old time the old cassette that's what I'm thinking so someone switched the cassette so someone switched the cassette which means for whatever but reason who and for what well, reason right. and you would have to know to have one that has Michael Sullivan's voice on it from you an older time know. you have to know where he would even store something yeah, like that, that. It, first that it exists mm -hmm. and that that gives me pause mm -hmm. that makes me wonder what was happening with the couple mm -hmm. and what was on what was on the voicemail the previous cassettes recording yeah part of me then thinks yeah then if the, if the play was swap out but why even swap it out like if something's on that recording just take it and like great and there's no answer machine now I don't know. It's just really weird. Or maybe or just we're record it. Or, or maybe we're looking so deep into this, and he was like, "Actually, I think my voice is just better on the answering machine." You know, there could also be something along the lines of like, there is, you know, they were in this rent dispute. Could there have been something on it from another tenant or from the landlord about the lack of heat? And they're like, "Oh, we're going to save this for yeah, legal yeah. reasons. Let's let's store and, this elsewhere." The but then, where is it? It's not in the apartment. Right. <sighs> to my knowledge, I don't think it's found. It's not mentioned. It's well, then found. he take the the landlord takes it. 
But then okay. how do you find it? I don't know. I don't know what happened. I, have, what, I don't it's know. It's wild. I don't know. Yeah. There are so many things I don't know about this. I'm I, hung up on the, the voicemail person. That's the weirdest part of the whole case. I agree. If you're like married to someone, mm-hmm. they're married? Uh, they're committed together, yeah, committed, partner. Right? You're, you're a partner with somebody. They were together for years, yeah. And like you, you have a couple's voicemail and all of a sudden you no longer have a couple's voicemail. That just sounds very strange to me. Mm-hmm. I never, like, I didn't, I remember having a voicemail when I was a kid. Mm-hmm. I don't think, I don't know, I don't know how many times we even changed it. Yeah. Fair, I, I once I could think of, maybe we like recorded Maybe something. once we would, maybe during Christmas, we'd be like, Merry Christmas. Like, I don't know. I physically don't remember yeah. recording it more than once for any reason in the world. I know that was a now now look back in the nineties. That's a whole to do, right? Like you move them in someone, you have the shared voice. That, yeah. that was a whole thing, right? But it's just Sitcoms weird to undo it. That. It's weird to undo it, and it's weird to undo it with an old recording that you have lying around, and it's weird that then the original cassette isn't found somewhere, or it's just it's it, there's something that is that is the thing that I feel like is the missing key in some way to all of this. I don't like it. No. What do you guys think? Someone reach out. Let <laughs> us know because I'm confused. My brain hurts. What happened to these people? What happened? Three missing people. There was four at one point, but we found We, we went back down to three. Went back down to three. What happened? Let us know if you have any theories about this case or any case we've covered this season or even last season. You got to reach out to us in a few weeks in June. It's our season two finale. We're talking all about the things that you guys have talked about, all your theories. You guys have been sending us theories. We've been writing them down. We've been looking into them. So far, we have stuff from season one. We have stuff from season two. We have stuff that we've discovered on our own. Be sure to send us via email, nymysterymachine at gmail.com or slide into our DMs at nymysterymachine on uh, Instagram and Facebook at nymysteries on Twitter. And be sure to let us know your theories. We'd love to talk all about them in our season two finale coming up in just um, almost a month, which is about a month. Crazy. Just about a month. We have almost about a month. <laughs> Same Crazy. Time. It's just about a month. <laughs> We're back next week with an all new exciting episode of the New York Mystery Machine. I'm Anna Mace. I've been Christine Marinelli. And thank you for taking a ride on the New York Mystery Machine. Time to haul Buffalo Ghosts. <laughs>